What's up, everybody? This is Evan Knowles. I'm joined by Nate and Tommaso, and this is Middle Tech. Today, we're going to cover two of the original tech players, Apple and Microsoft. Apple just had their worldwide developer conference, and Microsoft just acquired GitHub, two major pieces of news in the tech space. So we're going to cover those. Let's get right into it. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. As always, my name is Nate, and your name is Evan. What's going on? <laughs> Did you watch uh, the Worldwide Developer? Wow. Worldwide Developers Conference today? I did not. I was working all day. I didn't get a chance, but I watched the summary. I, uh, I watched it. I like to think I was still working, though. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. It is Monday. What's the date today? I should know the that. The 4th. June 4th. It is Monday, June 4th. We're recording this a week before it comes out, so... Uh, if there's any giant news story that, that changes anything in the next week, uh, hopefully we touched on that in the intro or something. Um, but we are just hours after the Worldwide Developers Conference. Uh, so we're going to jump into that and then uh, another big piece of tech news, I guess, at the end. Yeah, we'll get to that. GitHub got acquired. Yeah, got acquired by Microsoft. So the uh, the the old guys in tech, Apple and Microsoft, the, the old big two. Uh, yeah. making moves today. Yep. Probably the first two to get to a trillion. I'd say Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon. You you said that last night about Microsoft. Yeah. I, I Microsoft's wanna, got I a lot of momentum right now. I want to challenge you on, that. Right challenge you on that. All right. Well, uh, we'll get there. So let's let's start with Apple, Yeah, everyone's favorite company. Uh, right at the top, would you consider yourself an Apple fanboy? Because I think it's going to color the uh, conversation here. Um, I'm not a fanboy, yeah. but I am... In the ecosystem, in the yeah. I'm not obsessed. I'm not. I don't pay too much attention to the updates uh, or or a whole lot of the details of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am in the in the ecosystem because I think it's just so, so superior. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't call myself a fanboy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the ecosystem. I don't plan on ever leaving yeah. unless something better comes along. But I'm not a necessarily a fanboy. I would say the same thing about myself. I think. To whatever extent I am a fan of Apple, it's just because of how much I enjoy their products. Um, do I think everything is magical and it just works and all that? By no extent. I think they're great at marketing. And I like to think I'm immune to that, but who knows? It's hard to be immune to Apple. They've built uh, the best hardware in the industry mm-hmm. and they have the best marketing, I think, in the industry. Uh, so it's hard to not be brought into that and jump on the bandwagon they had a uh they had a, a quote right at the beginning of the conference today that stuck to me it, it was customers at the core of everything I, I it might have been a different word somewhere but that's that's what it was customers at the core uh and you know that's kind of how they talked about the whole thing like oh we're doing all this for the customer and it was a fun little way to tie everything together but i was thinking about it and i feel like it really drives home their whole marketing strategy as well as what features they choose to create and how they implement them, they just know what a user wants and how they think. Yeah, before they want it. Yeah. like it, uh, More so than any other company, I feel like they just get it. They yeah. just get it. Yeah, facial recognition, uh, I think, is the last great, you know, at least for me, the last thing that, that they've really updated, the biggest, you know, update that they've done that I think is, you know, customer-centric. 
But you, you, mean you didn't the, know it when they launched it. With the X or the yeah, 10, I guess the, the 10 Yeah, now. so not a lot of people have it. A lot of people ask me about it because they don't have the 10. Yeah. Um, but that's the single best thing about the 10 for me. Because mm-hmm. the, the experience of using the phone is seamless. Yeah. Whenever you buy something, you just look at your phone. Whenever uh, you, you know, unlock your phone, you look at your you know, you just look at it. Whenever you download an app, you just look at your phone. Just it's it's that simple to just everything. Whenever there, yeah. Whenever there's a security checkpoint, mm-hmm. you just look at your phone, and you'd be surprised how many times you do that throughout the day. Yeah. Rather than put in a password, you just look at it. Yeah. Or even the thumbprint was becoming too cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And now yeah. it's just you look at it for one second, and you're into whatever you're doing. Yeah. And that's one of those things that you really don't appreciate till you get the phone. Yeah. And so they knew that that would be. You know, really important before anybody else did. Yeah, I can tell you as someone who doesn't have it, but is has tried to download an app on your phone or or play music on someone else's phone. It's always annoying, and I have to hold the phone up to your face. Yeah. Stuff. Well, hey, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So you can't go through my text messages or anything. <laughs> For the intended user, it seems like it's awesome. But so that was last year. That came out with uh, with the iPhone 10 last year, and that was iOS 11. Uh, this year they introduced. Uh, surprisingly, iOS 12, uh, the next one on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's kind of, we have a little bit of a, a list here of some of the big features that they talked about. Let's just go down the list. Yeah, I think this it. first one's another one of those uh, facial recognition, you know, ideas where they launch something before anybody knows they really they really need it or mm-hmm. want it. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, screen time. So why don't you go into to what that is? Yeah, so, so screen time is basically digital health. And I, I, I think that was leaked yesterday or the day before that there's going to be a big focus on digital health um, at this keynote. And what it is, is you can basically, you can either set limits for yourself, um, whether it's a category of apps or actions, or if it's a specific app, I only, I only want to be on Instagram for an hour, whatever it is throughout the day. Um, And you can also get a summary, even if you don't have limits of your usage um, system-wide. Um, what you're doing on your phone, how long you're spending. One thing that I thought was really cool was that it was um, pickup uh, activities. So it was what caused you to open your phone and what did you do after that. So kind of making you aware of what's driving you to your phone. Hmm. Um, And it's really just trying to curb that addiction of content, that addiction of the phone. Yeah, the addiction is real. It's so real that it's gotten to the point that I'm actually starting to shop for computer glasses. Because you look at screens so much? I just look at screens my entire day. Yeah. Um, and I think that digital health is something that not a lot of people are talking about yet. And that's why I think Apple's, you know, really in a good spot to you know, launch an app like this and really bring it to the forefront. You know, because mm-hmm. the average person's not thinking, oh, how much am I, you know, looking at my phone? They're just doing it. I think and it's going to be I've scary. Been that, when I've been in that boat, it. you know, for the last, you know, three years where I'm slowly starting to notice myself use my phone or use my laptop yeah. more than, you know, I like. Yeah. And I've, I've tried to curb it. Um, Do you find yourself, like, I, I find myself doing this and it's so scary. Like, you'll be on your computer doing something and then you get up to go to the bathroom or you get up to do something, whatever it is, and you have to pull out your phone on the walk there. Yeah. Like, you just can't be without it. Yeah, whenever you get on an elevator then there's nothing to do, you pull your phone out even though you don't have service. Yeah, it's... It's literally addiction. Is I need this little boost of dopamine or whatever yeah. it is when you look on it. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be scary when people start to see the numbers. Um, I was thinking about it the other day when, when this news leaked. I don't know if there's a time in my day where I have any extended period where I'm not consuming content. 
Yeah. I wake up, I look at my phone, look at notifications, look at social media, listen to a podcast when I'm making uh, breakfast, when I'm driving, music when I'm working out, podcast in the shower. What am I not consuming? Mm -hmm. And I think there's probably so many mental ramifications of that. I'm not thinking deeply. I'm not analyzing. I'm not processing because yeah. I just consume, consume, consume. Yeah. When I was in LA uh, and I moved out there, I had started working a lot more mm -hmm. uh, because I was, you know, kind of, a, I was not necessarily completely alone, but I was pretty alone out there because yeah. uh, there's nobody my age, you know, working with me out there. Mm -hmm. um, so I noticed myself, you know, consuming a lot more content uh, and, and just doing stuff that's just a waste of time on my phone. Uh, and I actually picked up meditation while I was out there. It's a very, yeah. <laughs> very LA thing to do. <laughs> but it, it, it's, uh, it's a great place to do it just because I, I'd go to the beach or I'd go to the mountains and I'd just sit there and turn my phone off or listen to, you know, music that had, you know, was peaceful. Yeah. And I just cleared my mind and that. I noticed that made a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that, you know, as more people realize how much they're consuming content and realizing how much they're just wasting their time on their phone, you know, mindedness and, and digital health are going to come to the forefront yeah. um, of health uh, in the medical, you know, world. And I think that, you know, Apple's being very smart here and, and making the right moves. Yeah. Think about it from a business perspective, though. I, I, I get, I mean, it's a great PR move. Oh, we're helping people with their digital addiction. But yeah, people are going to spend, ideally, if it works, people are going to spend less time on their devices. How is that good for Apple? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's just their customer-centric, you know. Yeah, like, I guess that goes back to what we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, it goes back to what we were just talking about. And, you know, Facebook got burned on it. You mm -hmm. know, Facebook changed up their algorithm and... You know, did things that were, you know, mainly for their advertisement platform, mm -hmm. not for the customer. And now they're having to backtrack. So I think Apple, you know, is just trying to get out in front of that uh, because, you know, advertising is one thing, but hardware is, an, like software is one thing to get, you know, addicted to. And then Apple is all hardware. So they're trying to figure out how to curb it, you know, using their hardware. Yeah. Um, and I think it's smart. Um, I think I think it'll make people appreciate their devices yeah. for what they are if they're not constantly in them if they're not getting fatigued of them which i do I, I know a lot of people do and they're thinking about how they use them they become more of a commodity in that way yeah then you start using them more effectively and whenever yeah. you open them you're you know doing what you intended on doing not just opening it and mindlessly going through different apps even though you have no notifications yeah um i think that that's something apple would you know would want would want more people in the ecosystem being healthy because mm -hmm. uh, that would bring more people into it. Yeah, and being effective with yeah. their products. Yeah, because you know if they have the best digital health app on their phones and on their laptops and the others don't, mm -hmm. then they're probably going to say, oh, well, maybe I should check out Apple because I'm unhealthy right now and I need to take a, you know, a different perspective on technology. And then people are going to find safe havens in, in Apple. Yeah, that's a good point when they have that system-wide integration they become the, the healthy technology company and i already think of i mean apple's just that clean healthy yeah. i mean i think of health i mean one of the things i think of honestly when i think of apple is just you know well-being honestly i mean they just built such a great product i feel like i'm optimized when i'm using it yeah i don't feel like they're trying to slow me down with you know clunkiness and it's just clean yeah. that's what i think that they're trying to continue with this health thing is just there's that branding that marketing we were talking about yeah exactly yeah Everything um, ties together with Apple. That's why they're, you know, the best company to ever be created.
Yeah, that's a hot take. I, don't I, think I would is. agree. I, mean, I don't know <laughs> what other company's been created that's as good as Apple. Um, another thing with screen time, just to touch on real quickly, uh, I think it's more straightforward why you would want this, is just the parental features. You know, that, that same restriction and usage oh, limiting. I love that. Yeah, you can, um, you can set it for your kids. So your kids have a device and you set your device to be the parent device. You can set limits on types of apps, on specific apps. You can ban apps or types um, and you can set things to be um, above those limits so obviously you would always want your kids to be able to call you or text you you yeah. can set those to be um, always allow or whatever um, or even I believe even always allow to these specific numbers um, so that's really interesting yeah I love that and if I was yeah. a parent I'd use it all the time because uh, I mean you can't have your kid being consumed by the technology yeah. growing up they have to go out and you know experience mm -hmm. the real world or they're not yeah. going to be prepared to be a human being i mean it's going to be i'm watching you know you look at some of these kids that are just consuming netflix all day or, yeah i mean yeah. i was talking about how i was yeah i mean we're, I we're doing it but i think it's on a totally different level with the kids because it's like imagine a six-year-old they're that. growing yeah i wasn't doing that when i was a kid yeah and so like, at least i know how to pull myself out of it mm -hmm. you know if you're you know a kid growing up with technology you never know what it's like to you know, do something without it. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. So how do you communicate? How do you build effective relationships individually? Exactly. Yeah. If you're always, yeah, if you can't build a relationship without the technology, then you're in a bad position. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, you got to set barriers as a parent on how much, you know, a kid uses it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, we were talking about how these features will position Apple uniquely as being the healthy company. I hope that's not the case. I, I hope all these other, um, you know, device or even software publishers um really get out in front of this as well because i think these are real issues that are affecting society yeah they're um, going to be forced to and i i hope it does change whether it's you know children how are they going to grow up um or even us you know consuming content constantly being in a, a feedback loop of the specific type of content we consume yeah hopefully this helps combat all that yeah i think i read google did something similar with android uh you know not too long ago and this is apple's you know, I'm sure Apple's been working on this for a long time, but yeah. the timing is not coincidence that they both launched this mm -hmm. because, you know, it's starting to become a story yeah. in the media. Um, and it just makes sense to launch this right now, given, you know, the ecosystem and how how much people are using their devices. Yeah, for sure. You want to touch on the next one? I know. Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, so this is the next big feature. Yeah. So shortcuts. Basically, you can create shortcuts on your phone mm -hmm. uh, so that, you know, you can easily click you know, on your phone screen and it performs a task for you. So these are called, uh, you know, workflows. So you can basically create your own workflows. Um, and I actually, so we were just talking about this before we started the podcast. Mm -hmm. They acquired a company called Workflow. And Coincidentally. Yeah, in high school, I got kind of, you know, interested in, uh, again, the Internet of Things. Yeah. Uh, and Workflows is a big part of Internet of Things because connected devices, they trigger each other with sensors um, and so I started looking into workflows and I, and I downloaded the workflow app yeah. and it was a brand new app. Um, and so Apple actually acquired them last year or two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it was just cool. I thought that, you know, I was you know kind of messing around with that app way before Apple was, you know, thinking about acquiring them probably. Yeah. But the idea of creating tasks and workflows is something I think is going to really grow in the future mm -hmm. as you connect more devices together. Yeah. The, the lady, doing the, the presentation, uh, she gave the example of she was heading home. And so her phone literally suggested the heading home shortcut 
Um, and she clicked it, and it said that it was texting her roommate to let her know. It was turning on the podcast for her drive, yeah. getting her directions um, through maps, um, and then also turning the thermostat to whatever temperature, her desired temperature when yeah. she's home. Um, which is, one, it's so cool for the simplicity. Uh, I think this is just going to become more and more necessary as we connect more and more devices. Um, right now, when I get in my car, I text someone that I'm on the way and I turn a podcast or music on. Two simple things. But even that, I'm like, okay, I sit down. Now I have to do this. Now I have to do this. Now I have to turn the car on. If I had a smart thermostat and I didn't know where I was going and something else, my car had to know what speed I wanted to go at because it's an automatic or, uh, automated car, whatever it is. Autonomous. Yeah. Autonomous. There we go. Um, you know, all these things would just be one control, two controls, three controls. You'd be buried in your phone. Like you said, it goes yeah. hand in hand. This lets you interact with the connected world on a much more human level. Yeah, and so one of the things that I'm I've been thinking of recently with workflows is kind of uh, in the health space. Back to the digital health is or the basically task management. So what I've been trying to create in my house, I haven't been able to yet, is um, using smart home devices basically kickstart my morning and make me do something. Um, so, for instance, I that was know, one of the first things you talked to me. Like yeah. one of the first ideas you had. Yeah, and so there's this whole idea of I wake up in the morning, uh, Alexa goes off, she won't stop going off until I walk to my, you know, bathroom, and then mm-hmm. I hit the task button, and then my morning starts. Mm-hmm. So for one, I have to it forces me to get out of bed. Yeah. And if let's say I want to work out every morning, yeah, uh, I set, you know, a workflow to get me to the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get to the gym. My phone will know when I'm at the gym because I have geolocation on the gym. Yeah. And until I get to the gym, I can't do anything on my phone. That's so setting up stuff like that, like like self-inflicted punishment, <laughs> Yeah. I think is really that, interesting. Um, and I think that's part of a workflow. Yeah. I think people have to get used to stuff like this before anyone could viably release a product like that because yeah. it is self-inflicted if you're setting up the workflow, but then people would view it as your devices are controlling you. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always, there's going to be restrictions and, yeah. and you're always going to be in control. But I think the idea of creating workflows, if you think deeper, mm-hmm. you can force yourself to, you know, create habits. And that's yeah. what I want to do is figure out how to use technology to, you know, create a new habit. Yeah. And we're it's, habit it's preemptive workflows as opposed to reactive workflows. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean. And I think those go, you know, you can create a really cool, Know, app there or some kind of workflow that really kickstarts you know your entire day yeah improves your life yeah yeah um yeah so those were the two in my mind those were the two biggest features um of ios 12 um let's look at some other things here um performance i just wanted to touch on this real quickly one cool thing they're not phasing out any devices um with this release so going back to the iphone 6s um, iOS 12 will run and they said that it'll be faster than iOS 11 on all of them um, they're really trying to make sure that everyone can stay in the ecosystem I think I think one of the biggest issues with Apple is it's been so high cost especially with the iPhone 10 yeah. now this is them now playing the other side and making those lower end devices modern um, and making sure that they can keep and acquire more and more people yeah and that's one of the things that's been attracting people to Android yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's cheap. So if Apple yeah. wants to, you know, compete there in the you know, cheaper market, they're going to have to make these kind of moves. Yeah, and that's why Android is you know 
as big as it is. It's a lot bigger than iOS. Yeah. Well, internationally. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's about 50-50. I think iOS has a slight edge in the U.S. Yeah. But, I mean, they're both international companies, so. Yeah. Internationally, Android kills it, and that's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because the other markets, you know, the developing markets can't afford an iPhone 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, their homes cost as much as an iPhone <laughs> 10 in some places. Yeah. Um, let's talk about ARKit. We didn't really write too many notes about this. Yeah. Um, the shared AR experiences. They showed an example of two people playing a game uh, of Lego, and there was like another shooting blocks game that yeah. Apple created. Um, so yeah, cool for gaming. That was exciting. I think that's the least barrier for to entry for you know a, a consumer. Yeah, is gaming. But think of the productivity with shared AR. Think of the things you can do with that. Yeah, it's just think astronomical. You know, the first thing I thought of was education. Yeah, of course. What do you think of that? Yeah, just you know, hands-on learning in a digital way. Uh huh. You know, like you can have a body on. Yeah, dissection. Yeah, dissection, and somebody could be in India. Somebody can be in. You know, Denver, mm-hmm. doesn't matter, but they all have the AR kit and they're all looking at the exact same, uh, you know, lesson. Yeah, they can look at live. the teacher dissecting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's um, really interesting. I think with, you know, any kind of creative professional field, you know, design, whatever it is, you can do that live. When I was uh-huh. at uh, CES um, two years ago, uh-huh. uh, there was uh, kind of a focus on AR because yeah, Microsoft it's, it's, had their HoloLens. It's been a big buzz thing for a yeah, while now. It has. Uh, and so that that year I went and looked at uh, a few AR goggles, glasses, mm-hmm. um, of some companies you know I'd never heard of and most people have never heard of. Uh, and they were mostly geared towards uh, industrial workers and professionals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that they were showing was, you know, let's say you're a plumber. You're, you're well, not, not a plumber. Let's say you're... You have some kind of appliance that you're uh, selling. Yeah. Uh, what you do is you deliver the appliance, and so somebody orders this off the internet. Yeah. Rather than have a person come to that person's home yeah. and install it, the appliance just gets delivered, uh, but it gets you know put in place. You know, if somebody needs to learn how to use it yeah. or configure it somehow, glasses are delivered with the appliance, and so they put the goggles on, and AR shows them and directs them on how to you know use the appliance. That's interesting. Or let's say um, you need to fix you know, your circuit breaker in your home. Yeah. Then you have AR goggles and you download a, you know, an instruction you know, experience for yeah. your breaker and it teaches you how to do it in real time using AR rather than hire you know, a professional mm-hmm. because you have a professional literally looking through your eyes with you yeah. showing you how to do it in real time. Yeah. And so that's one of the That's cooler really cool. applications that you know, gets back to education and gets back to you know, mm-hmm. ways to use AR. I'm. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm so much more excited in the long run about AR than I am VR. Uh, augment. I don't think we've said it. AR is augmented reality. Uh, VR is virtual reality. More people know that one. Virtual reality is. Uh, you know, it's really popular in gaming. It's cool. It'll yeah. transmit you, bring you, you know, your experience. You're to in a new reality. Another world. Yeah, You're it's a new virtual new reality. Yeah. Augmented is adding to what's in front of you. Yeah. And. That I think that ties in with with all these things we've talked about. It's just um, focusing on the real world more than this digital world. Um, and when you augment it, you can bring this this smartness of digital. I'm not 
enunciating this well, uh, bring the, you know, the intelligence of the digital world into the real world, which is going to be so much more useful. Yeah, it's just going to, it's going to change the way you walk, walk around completely. You know, if, if they introduce facial recognition and you're walking down the street and you want to know who somebody is, you just look at them. Yeah. And if they, if that person allows, mm-hmm. then like in their privacy settings, they allow that, then on your AR headset, it'll show you who they are. Mm-hmm. But if somebody wants to remain anonymous, it won't. So, like yeah. different things like that that'll be introduced, you know, with AR, uh, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's a great way to just use digital, but make sure that you're you're grounding your experience and what is actually around you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so those were the big features. We, I mean, there's other things that they introduced: group FaceTime, emojis, emojis, which was cool. I thought it was weird. I literally groaned when she said it at first, but. It was cool. You can do it in FaceTime, and it's like their Bitmoji. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Basically. Yeah, how it you know, compares to Bitmoji and how those two uh, kind of you know coexist. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I think Memoji is going to be bigger than Bitmoji. Well, when you can do it in messaging and, and FaceTime, and everything. yeah, I mean You're Snapchat's just... too small of a yeah. you know network compared to Apple. Yeah, uh, so a lot a lot more people are going to be using Memoji. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it'll be fun. I'll probably use it a few times, but it's it's nothing groundbreaking. My mom got a Bitmoji. Oh, yeah? Uh, she uses it all the time. Really? So. Uh, <laughs> Maybe there's a usership out there for it. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I'll, I'll show her Memoji and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was about it for iOS. Mac OS had some updates to dark mode. Developers will love that. Um, until, do you use dark mode on Twitter? I don't. You know, I don't either. I don't use dark mode on anything. People love dark mode. I need, to, I need to start. I don't. So maybe that that'll help your your eye strain. Yeah. Might. Um, yeah, I, I could never get in dark mode on Twitter. And then um, I know most development platforms are some kind of dark mode. But Xcode, which is Apple's, has traditionally been a light theme. And so now they're finally introducing a dark one. And everyone's excited that they're embracing developers. It's literally just a color. Um, but people got all pumped about that. There's a new Mac app store. Uh, what's really cool, they're introducing tools that let you port your iOS app to Mac to be on Mac app store. Um, which they explicitly said was not the first step in combining the two operating systems. They said they're not doing that. Um, I, so I think it's just a way to fill out the Mac app store, but it's really interesting that they're going to do that. They said they're not. They said we are not combining these operating systems. They, was, they literally said, like, another popular question we get is, are we slowly working to combine these operating systems? Well, here's the answer. And then a big no came on the screen. Um, well, probably for now. Yeah. We'll I mean, see. that could change in three years or whatever. I but, mean, if I can walk around with my entire memory of my laptop and the operating system of my laptop on my phone, yeah, I want to do that. Well, minus the operating system, that's what I think we're going to start to see now if you have the same exact app on your phone and your, your Mac. I mean, they've got the cloud. I mean, it's pretty seamless now. Like, between the two, it's pretty seamless. But this will be seamless. next level. This will be, you sit down at your laptop, you literally just plug your phone into your laptop, and you're using your phone on a larger device. Yeah. And, and you can do handoff, which yeah. is their thing. You, you know, you have an app open on your phone, you see the little icon pop up on your Mac, you click it, you're right inside the app where yeah. you were. Yeah. Um, so this is a next level towards that. You think they'll combine them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they will. Um, the The company, uh, I think, it, I could be, I'm trying to remember, it's Razor, I think. 
It's the green. They're known for gaming. They make gaming hardware. Uh, they have like the. Um, they have a, a really light lime green logo. Mm-hmm. I think it's a snake, but they're really well known for gaming hardware. And they released a laptop. Yeah. And they released a phone. Yeah. And so the phone just plugs in to the laptop where your mouse pad would be. It really? then functions as a mouse pad. As a trackpad. But the phone OS then becomes the laptop's OS. And so they're one. That's what I'm envisioning with Apple. Eventually, maybe they don't connect the two. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. But that was one of the cooler hardware things I've seen lately, mm-hmm. where you just plug your, your phone in to a laptop. And it becomes And a that's your mouse pad. And it's your, you know. Was the was the laptop just like a hardware skin? Basically, was it, it running was on the phone? It was basically just a battery and a keyboard. Yeah, and everything and the, else and bigger was screen on the phone. Yeah, interesting. I don't think they'll ever get to that point. Um, Who Apple? You know, I don't think they're they've done so much work on the Mac. It's not going to become just a dock <laughs> for an iPhone. Um, well, but I, I could mean, see them the seamlessly iPhone, integrating. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually the basically the thing preventing that right now would probably be um you know Moore's law where circuit boards can only do so much and they get smaller and smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and you have to keep the power you know and the performance up with at the same time while you make it smaller and so as that you know continues yeah sure i think that that would be possible because you know it doesn't need to be a, this big like yeah. the, the MacBook does not need to be that big, and they keep getting smaller and thinner and thinner. Yeah, and so the hardware inside them is going to keep shrinking. Eventually, it can just shrink to the size of a phone if it's yeah. not already there. I mean, there's certain physical limitations we're going to have. Like, how small can you make a keyboard, and it still is functional? Yeah. Um, like I think I have the the just straight MacBook from 2016, the like super thin one, uh, and that keyboard's getting small to me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I think that's that's just future of UI and UX, you know, mm-hmm. you know using hardware to create no, I hope that it UI gets UX. to that. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. People have been talking about it for a while. Yeah. But let's talk about the watch, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're rolling through these here. Um, watch was the watch. Uh, you don't have one. I don't have one. Uh, yeah. I don't have one. I haven't gotten one just because of, again, back to the digital health thing. I don't want notifications. But I feel like the watch, there's going to be more, there's more benefits to the watch, I understand, mm-hmm. uh, than just worrying about my digital health. Like, yeah. there's so much that can be done, and I'm probably going to get one soon um, because of physical health. What they're yeah. doing in yeah, that space with the that's watch true. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and collaborative, you know, physical health and, you know, tracking your friends and competing with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but then, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, it's cool. I think everything that you can do with an Apple Watch is cool. Mm-hmm. But I've never been able to justify the price. Um, that's kind of my. That's know? been my thing too. Is the it's not worth the price to me right now. But yeah. it will be soon because uh, I'm just gonna say you know screw it. I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With that attitude, anything's worth the price. I mean, I guess so. But <laughs> mainly because as you get more connected devices, you're gonna want an iWatch. That's true. You're gonna want an iWatch because rather than pull out your phone, you're just gonna want to you know seamlessly yeah. walk through and. And that I think is the biggest feature with the with the new Watch OS. I think it's I believe it's four um, Watch OS four yeah. is that you can do those shortcuts that we talked about earlier on your watch, and it can intelligently suggest them, and it can suggest your workout playlist yeah. when you start running, and it can do all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, 
back to the shrinking of hardware, the iWatch is the next thing. Yeah. I mean, as the iPhone hardware shrinks, it's just going to move almost completely into the into the iWatch. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have an iWatch, you're going to have AR goggles, and that's going to be it. Yeah. Because it's going to be voice. True, true. It's just going to be every once in a while you're going to touch your watch, you're going to just give voice commands, you're going to walk seamlessly through your house, and it's going to know what you want because of shortcuts, you pre, you know. You, yeah. That's what it's going to become. At that point, you won't need a, a laptop because you wouldn't have to type because you can just say it. But even if you didn't want to say it and you wanted to type it, you could just create an AR keyboard yeah. and, and type on that. I mean, the whole thing about technology is it has to keep getting seamless and seamless and seamless. Yeah. And as seamless as it can possibly get is basically a, a chip yeah. in your brain. <laughs> yeah. And I think that you, we're going to get closer and closer to that as AR becomes part of our you know, face. Yeah. You're not going to go anywhere without AR on, and the only time you're going to take it off is when you sleep. Yeah. And I think that's what it'll get to. Yeah. And that's the watch is getting us closer to that. That's interesting. I think you know the watch with your your ear pods and your some kind of AR goggles. They're going to have to do it in a way that's fashionable, or else. Well, that's why it's taken so long. Google yeah. tried it. I've, tr- I've I've tried Google's. Google tried it. Snapchat tried it. They're trying it again. Snapchat. I think Snapchat uh, in the last you know several years did an awesome job. I got the the spectacles. I loved them. Yeah. I mean, of course, they could be better. Yeah. I just don't think they did a good job marketing them. I think they did a great job. They had like the exclusive. Um, the, the vending the machine pop-ups. drops, pop-ups. Yeah, they had the pop-up shops. Vending, literally dropped a vending machine uh, in L.A. somewhere or in um, by the Grand Canyon. Uh, it was very exclusive, but maybe that's what hurt them at scale in the long run, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess mean, maybe talking through it, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they did. Personally, I don't think they did a great job marketing them. I think that's a really cool product. Um, but I think they were a little too early. I think it's a combination of bad marketing and a little too early. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with the too early. Um, it also wasn't feature rich enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know it didn't have true AR, and even these this new one that they're trying doesn't. Um, but maybe they're just getting one thing they did it. was yeah. I mean, I agree with that. One thing they did was they made it uh, kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the yeah, spectacles what, look mm-hmm. good. I mean, I honestly, I think they look good. I wear them. Um, I like them. Yeah, I mean, we made fun of I think you, you can we make them. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make them better. <laughs> I mean, they look kind of goofy, but I think they're. I think they're cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind wearing them. You know, out in public, and you know, some most people don't even notice you have them on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what they did well, mm-hmm. was you know introduce people to that, and I liked that. Yeah. But I think they could have launched it better. Yeah, I guess it's the idea, but. Uh, also with the watch, um, we'll just go over this real quick. Walkie-talkie, which is exactly what it sounds like. Um, you can walkie-talkie from two different Apple Watches. Uh, and they're starting to make it even more untethered from the phone. In addition to Apple Music, you can do like podcasts. And people are speculating you can do Spotify or Amazon Music or stuff, but they didn't explicitly say that. Um, so that was WWDC. Nothing game-changing, really. I think just some some solid steps forward. Yeah, nothing that's gonna make front page news and everyone will well, be talking. I'll about. tell you one thing we didn't talk about. What we mentioned it maybe was FaceTime groups. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned it. I uh, when I moved out to LA, I immediately got on House Party. Yeah, which is an app that is basically what they just introduced was FaceTime groups. Mm-hmm. I got on House Party because that was the only way I could interact with multiple people through uh, like FaceTime at yeah. once. 
Um, and I had, you know, I wanted to do that because all my friends were back here in Kentucky. True. Um, and now that, you know, they launched that, I think it's awesome. Well, I, I don't know when I would use um, group FaceTime, honestly, but I mean, it makes sense in, in that situation of being gone and yeah. connecting with your friends. Um, I Snapchat and text my friends that are out well, of town. I, don't, but, I think it just hasn't existed, so nobody's figured out ways to use it. I can think of right off the top of my head, if we're watching a game, the NBA playoffs, yeah, we don't all we're not all able to be in one place. Mm-hmm. But I want to you know hear what TJ's thoughts are on a play or your thoughts. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up group FaceTime whether we're talking all the time or not. Yeah, I just want to be in the same room as you digitally. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna you know make it take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, let's talk about the other story. Microsoft is acquiring GitHub. I think it's an awesome move. You ever use GitHub? I'm not a developer. Yeah. Uh, I've never used it. I have friends that do mm-hmm. a lot, uh, just from being at Fuji yeah. and, and you know startup community. But I think it's you know really smart. I've gotten a lot more familiar with it um, while we're making this app. I created an account and I I you know own the company on GitHub, which is just like the team. Um, so I've been you know getting all the notifications and everything. It's a crazy platform. It is so genius. Yeah. Um, I don't know how developers did it before. Um, I'm not a developer. I'm learning more day by day just out of necessity. But it's literally like their whole workflow of creating this app is on GitHub. That's where the um, you know they pull down the code, they edit it, they pull it back up, and it merges with, with what used to be there. So you have the most updated version. Project management features, you can track bugs and fixes and where you are. Um, it's, I mean, they live off of that thing. Yeah. And it's geared towards professionals. Yeah. So just I, like uh, I don't know what they did before, but it, it's yeah. a great platform. Well, the reason I mentioned that was, you know, LinkedIn was acquired around this time, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. And that's a prof- another professional network geared towards, you know, I think more geared towards the marketing community and, and sales mm-hmm. and just the professional ecosystem. So Microsoft is trying to get that professional ecosystem. They're trying to get it back, yeah. Makes sense with, you I know. I mean, they had it with, you know. Excel and Word, and yeah. they still do. Like they're still killing it with that, with that service. Yeah. But you know, other software has come in and, and kind of taken people out of that ecosystem. Whether mm-hmm. it's Slack, you know, Apple did a good job with Keynote. Yeah, you know, Google Drive. Yeah, there's. It's starting to become more fragmented. Mm-hmm. And what Microsoft, I think, is doing is they're buying the networks where people, you know, are, are aggregating. Yeah, and they're just gonna. Yeah, they're just gonna start pushing. Yeah. you know, Microsoft ecosystem again. So you said at the top, Microsoft would be the, the second or third company to Trillion. Yeah. Uh, is that why? Because you think they're taking over the professional space again? No, I think they were, they're making uh, good moves there, but I think that they're going to you know, become a trillion-dollar company on their cloud. Uh, yeah. They're you know, focused on edge computing, mm-hmm. which uh, with Internet of Things and 5G uh, and just the way that you know, data moves around, edge mm-hmm. is a necessary part of that, and they've kind of focused on that with you know, Azure, and they've mm-hmm. done a really great job there. Um, Amazon had a huge head start in cloud. I think yeah. I read they had like a five-year head start. Yeah. Do you just cloud storage or just yeah, like just cloud, cloud in general? Amazon yeah. Web Services. Yeah, Web Services. There's oh. so much that goes into like the cloud. 20 to 25% of the internet is on yeah. Amazon Web Services. Yeah. And so Amazon got a huge head start. It was something like five years. But I've read that you know Amazon's cloud product is you know really great. Like yeah. the fact that they are five years behind, but they're doing as well as they are, yeah. the momentum is, is pretty you know substantial. Mm-hmm. And especially with the edge computing, uh, and that's where Amazon has really, you know, gotten their uh, you know, big increases in, in revenue yeah. over the past several years. Um, so Satya Nadella has, you know, really pushed them in the right direction as far as you know acquiring LinkedIn and focusing on the right 
you know, part of the cloud industry and, um, you know, this move is going to yeah. you know, continue to get those professionals into their ecosystem. Yeah. I, I think they're making the right moves. You know, obviously Microsoft was the computer company back in the day. It was the computer company. It was a software company. It was the technology company. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Apple, Apple was there, but it was always a little bit behind. And then, um, you know, Apple started to become cooler again. Uh, and then Facebook came up and Google got big and Amazon got big. And, you know, we have these, these big, fi- these big five now, um, Microsoft's making a comeback. You know, it's not the Microsoft of, of 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm excited to see where they go. They're making big moves. Apple made some improvements. Uh, you know, things change every year and we've got a whole nother year set in front of us. 